Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All Entails. I'm your host Mackenzie and on today's episode we're going to be talking about a new year and how to proceed entering potentially the first year that your child has never been in and how to go forward in that endeavor. So the concept of going into a new year without your baby can be extremely overwhelming, it can be heartbreaking, and it can be a lot to process. And within the whole concept of new year, we know that new year's resolutions follow. Everybody talks about what their plans are for the new year, what their hopes and dreams are, what goals they want to accomplish, how they want to improve their life, their family what they're going to do for their own health and wellness, um, goals for jobs, for family, for their future. And I mean, the list is endless, but there's so much hope and excitement and anticipation for everything that this new year holds. And it can feel very hurtful because for us, it can feel like we're leaving our child in the past. We're you know, time is still moving forward. It still ticks on. And here we go coming into a year without our baby. And how can this year bring us anything when it leaves our child behind? And that is just a really overwhelming thought. And I think sometimes in the midst of everybody's anticipations and excitement about everything that the new year holds for them, it can just feel like a punch in the gut. Like what could this year possibly hold for us? What could any year possibly hold for us? Because nothing can bring back our child and it's just one year further removed. And so on today's episode, I thought it'd be really helpful to talk about how do we proceed going into a new year without our child. And personally, I found that giving my new year a theme was the most helpful thing for me personally and for my husband. Um, It was my idea, but I talked to him about it and we discussed it and we decided to come up with a theme of hope. And the reason I say a theme is because with the loss of our child, we knew we can hope, we can dream, we can make all the plans in the world, but that does not mean that they're going to come to fruition. And it doesn't mean that our hopes and dreams and desires are going to pan out. You know, the year might end in tragedy. There might be a lot of darkness and hardship and trials in the year ahead, and we just don't know. So instead of kind of making these goals that to me seemed almost silly because it was like, well, how can I ensure that? Um, I made a theme and a theme that would bring us comfort and a theme that we could look back upon regardless um, what we were dealing with. So whether it had to do with our child or had to do with our work or had to do with other personal issues or um, whatever it may be, we could kind of wrap everything back into this theme and let this theme be the driving force throughout our year. So as I said, we chose the theme of hope. Hope. We were going to be hopeful that the year ahead would bring us certain things or that we could accomplish certain things in the year ahead. We were going to hold on to hope knowing that no matter what this year had in store for us, we were going to remain hopeful. We weren't going to allow ourselves to be drowned out by despair, by the feeling of just hopelessness or endlessness. So we were going to cling to hope even if we felt hopeless, right? We were going to cling to that hope um, in every aspect of our life. 
And so we both knew that we really wanted to try to have another child. We both knew that we would have loved to welcome another child in 2020 and that we really hoped coming into 2021 that we would have a living child in our arms. So that was obviously a huge, you could say, goal or desire that we had, but we also knew that that was outside of our control. All we could do was our very best, but neither my husband nor I can you know, secure a child's life, um, and protect them. And, you know, that had been proven to us, but we're, you know, regardless, we were going to remain hopeful that we could at least become pregnant and, you know, be, be pregnant in 2020 and hopefully even be able to have a living baby in 2020. So that was a huge hope of ours. Another huge hope is that we were house hunting. So we were hopeful that we would find a home that was right for our family, for us, that we could be excited about, um, regardless of what our future held, uh, you know, a house that we could really make our home and could kind of be our escape and refuge from the world. And so, you know, we were going to remain hopeful in the house hunt process and all that that would entail. Um, and just everything, everything else, big and small, there's this idea of hope. We were going to cling to hope, even if we didn't feel very hopeful. And it was hard, honestly, the end of January, I was in a really dark place and really, really struggling personally. Um, you know, here we were about a month into the new year and I felt hopeless. I felt like I was in a hole. I felt like the world around me had moved on. Um, everyone continued on in their lives. And I really felt like we had been forgotten and we had been abandoned in a hole. Um, just the way family and friends talked about things, you know, it kind of changed. It was a different focus. It was like, okay, well that really immense support we got through the holidays you know now the holidays is over so that kind of vanished and it was just like life you know now had proceeded and we also recognized that we had to at some point jump back into you know quote-unquote normal life like we had to start living this new normal that was our reality and it was just really really hard you know we definitely kind of forced that upon ourselves I didn't think I would ever just feel ready um my husband didn't think we were either. We both felt like it was probably silly to think we were going to wake up one day and just feel ready. So we definitely like pushed ourselves. Um, we, you know, didn't engage in society and in life like we had prior to our loss, but we definitely started, um, engaging more and trying to, you know, push ourselves to kind of live a quote unquote more normal life. But it was really hard. It was depressing and it just felt really lonely. It was a very, um, just a hard place in our grief. I think at that point, the shock had started to wear off. I definitely still at times was shocked that this was my reality. I like could not believe it, but kind of living in that haze and days, um, kind of had ended and it was now like really grappling with just all of just these harsh, harsh emotions and acceptance, um, of this reality, which I hated and I didn't want to accept it. And it was just awful. And I just felt like I was drowning and I was never going to get better. I actually felt like I had gotten worse compared to like the beginning of January. Um, but you know, even in those dark times, you know, we just reminded ourselves we have to remain hopeful. We have to remain hopeful. We still have to have to have a reason to live and to continue on. And, you know, 
So we just kind of kept refraining that idea of hope, hope, hope to us. And, you know, people might laugh, but that self-talk is so powerful and things that you repeat to yourself, you do begin to believe after doing it for long enough, whether it's positive or negative, you know, eventually your brain begins to buy in and you can kind of convince yourself of things. And so by just being hopeful and kind of going through our hopes for the year and how we were going to remain hopeful, you know, in small things with our week, within our day, with, you know, bigger things, whatever it may be, just kind of keeping that refrain on repeat and just refocusing in it, even though it was really challenging and really, really hard. And, you know, slowly as the months went on, um, eventually things did become easier and it began um, to become easier to really like buy into the whole hope idea, but it was something that we, um, would talk about that we would include in our prayers. And it just was such a part of our day-to-day life was, you know, grabbing and holding on to hope. And so that really, really kind of helped power us through. And then, you know, thankfully as a immense blessing as it was, we were able to conceive our second child. And so then we went on with the pregnancy, um, with that baby. And so, although, you know, it was incredibly scary and hard and had its own triggers and challenges while also grieving, you know, um, we remained cautiously hopeful and that was kind of our theme we couldn't just blindly cling to hope because you know we were now informed and educated and knew what can happen so we couldn't just be naive and kind of put you know blinds over our eyes but at the same time we couldn't just live in total fear and peril so we kind of you know again had a refrain hope 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 and just continue to like cling to that in a cautious way not in a blind way um, but in an informed way, but also in a way that gave us, you know, some, some cautious hope. And that really is just the best way to describe it. Um, and then a couple months later, we were able to find a great house for us, really the perfect home for us. You know, it had a lot of the things that we were looking for. It was in our price range and we were able to get it. And so that was a huge blessing. And so, you know, we had remained hopeful that we would find the right place and the right place really fell in our laps and thankfully it all worked out. So, you know, we remained hopeful in that journey and then we saw that come to light. And, um, and then, you know, we just kind of clung that we would to hope of what our lives in this home would look like um, and what kind of life we could build for ourselves in this house. And so again, kind of just keeping that idea of hope alive, you know, through the big things, through the small things. Um, At the end of January, another thing that made my grief so hard is I ended up losing my job because of the baggage I carried of having lost my son. And so it was really underhanded. Um, It was very dishonest the way everything transpired and obviously extremely hurtful. But at the end of the day, it was such a blessing that God closed that door and closed it firmly and loudly and violently um, and unexpectedly because then he led me to a new job teaching at a new school that was amazing and wonderful and just had the best board, great staff, great leadership, and was a place that I could really grow and develop and just have a safe community, a community of support, and just grow in my own career and profession and um, 
just, it was just so amazing and so wonderful and so great. So, um, in March, I ended up accepting that job and signing my contract. So that was really exciting and fun. Um, so again, kind of that hope, although at the end of January, things seemed so hopeless, um, you know, by March there was improvement. And so, um, a little bit after accepting that job, I accepted that job very beginning of March. By mid-March, um, the nonprofit that we had applied for, our 501c3 that we have to apply to the IRS to get approved, um, that was approved by the IRS. So they stamped that on March 18th that um, the Maverick John Foundation was official. It was a real life foundation. It truly existed. And so that was super exciting because we had a lot of desires and hopes of how we could grow that and how that could be a blessing to other people in our situation. Situations. Um, now, unfortunately, that happened in like a day or two later, COVID shut down the world. So a lot of our hopes and desires for that foundation had to be put on pause. Um, but still, it was it was so great to see some hard work because I spent a ton of hours trying to do that. I'm not a business major. That's not my background. I'm very unfamiliar with it. So I felt really over my head and felt like it was really complicated and I really didn't have any help or guidance. I just kind of had to figure it out and do it myself, but I was able to do it and, you know, get that approved. And so it was about six months of really working diligently on that. And so, you know, when you have those victories, you really cling to them and you celebrate them and you're like, okay, yeah, here we go. We got this. Like, you know, and it just kind of reaffirms that hope. Like, yeah. I can do this. I'm, I'm going to remain hopeful. I'm going to remain hopeful. So having seen those little payoffs are just so huge, whether it's bigger things like, you know, buying your house, um, getting a positive pregnancy test, getting a 501c officially recognized by the IRS, um, or smaller things about getting through your day and certain accomplishments you're making in your work life or your friend life or your family life, you know, all those things um, are big, can be big wins and things to really focus on to kind of recharge you and help re, um, encourage you as you go on throughout this year. And so as I kind of made myself look through every situation through the lens of hopefulness, you know, that cautiously being hopeful, um, it really did begin to pay off. And I began to see things in a better light and a more positive light than if I had just, um, focused and dwelt on everything being negative and hard. And again, that doesn't mean that there weren't days, weeks, even maybe months that were hard, that there was a lot of struggles and triggers and a lot of grief. And of course there's a lot of bad days mixed with good days as well. Um, but just being able to have something to focus on and to kind of pull myself out of the pit and to just cling to that hopefulness and to kind of that attitude that I'm going to fight through. You know, my son wants me to be a fighter. He wants me to live my life. And I had a renewed interest to live my life for him and kind of starting a new year that really collided that idea of like, okay, I'm entering a new year, a year he's never going to be a part of, but I can still live for him. I can still do things in his honor, in his memory. You know, his physical self on this earth might not be coming into the new year, but his memory certainly can be. And the impact of his life can continue um, in in this year and in the years ahead. It doesn't have to end just because his physical life ended. And so, you know, that was a real encouragement for me and to remain hopeful about what he and his memory and his life could still mean and what he still could accomplish, you know, because of him. And, um, I can very honestly say I never would start a nonprofit if it wasn't for my son. Um, I do that for him. Um, 
as an, and as a way for, you know, his legacy to carry on and for him to be a blessing to others and an encouragement to others. So having those things that you can kind of focus on and, you know, it doesn't have to be something dramatic like, oh, okay, as I enter this new year, I'm not like start a foundation or I'm going to start this or that, you know, it can be small little things that you can do or just, um, repeating refrains that give you that hope that help give you peace that help you, you know, push through the hurt and all the tears, um, so that you can still live a meaningful life. You can still bring your child's honor and memory with you, even if their physical self can't enter that new year and just focusing on that and kind of coming up with that theme to pull you out of the darkness, to encourage you into, you know, for us to just give us hope. And that's why hope was the perfect, the perfect theme for our 2020. Um, my aunt even gave us this beautiful, you know, crystal angel ornament that was called hope. And so that hangs on our tree every year and just reminds me of 2020 and what the theme of that year was and how it so impacted me and the big things and in the small things. And so I just love having like that reminder every year on my tree. And, you know, since then every year I do come up with a theme for my year. It's not always a one word theme, but some type of theme of like, okay, what do I want this year to be about? Kind of what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to drive me on the good days or on the bad days? And, um, I just really focus on it and, you know, really kind of let that word, that short phrase kind of, you know, um, outline my year and describe my year and just, you know, really be the underlining theme of my year, no matter what happens. You know, I just let that be the theme and kind of be a driving point. And it's been a really healthy, a really great thing. I think sometimes making all these like goals or, oh, I want to do this. I'm going to accomplish that. You know, how many of us do we have those exact same goals the following year and the following year? And, you know, you know, how many people start working out in January and by March they're done, right? It's like every year, the gyms are going to be packed in January, but come spring, you know, they're going to be back to their old normal selves. And that's not a dig on anybody. It's just who we are as, as people. And, you know, that's obviously a really common popular topic is I'm going to get fit. I'm going to lose weight, you know. <clears throat> and you see that if you go to gyms, the, this huge increase and in all the great deals that they run in the new year and then how quickly it fades away. And I just think that's human nature to, you know, start something and to, to not see it through. So I think often having a theme that we can apply to all that stuff to kind of help encourage us when we, when we feel down, when we don't feel like, you know, getting up and doing the workout or whatever it is that can kind of help push us, that can just be really, really helpful and oftentimes more beneficial than just kind of a random goal here and there, but we haven't done anything in our lives to change it, to, you know, help us meet those goals. Um, no, I am definitely a goal-oriented person and I always have goals for the new year. Um, absolutely things I want to accomplish and I kind of look at all that and that helps form my theme for the year. So goals definitely are still a part of my life and I'm not, you know, poo-pooing those or um, saying that they're bad. I think they're super great and maybe, you know, you've picked up some really bad habits in your grief or some things that you want to change or maybe there's just some things about your life. You're like, you know what? this new year, I want to do things different. I want to better my life. I want to better my situation. And I want to do it because of my child, because of who they are in honor of them. You know, they kind of drive me to do this. And so making those goals and kind of figuring out a way how to be successful in them. You know, if we just have them randomly, but we have no way to accomplish them, then often we fail in them. And for me going into a new year about my child just felt I just like, I couldn't go on. I couldn't do it. It scared me. It physically scared me. It physically gave me anxiety. Um, 
it just was this crushing, crushing grief. And so I needed something to kind of draw me through that to help me get through. So I didn't just drown in it and I needed something positive and hopeful to look at. And so for me, that's what, you know, 2020 was all about. And it was about remaining hopeful, even in darkness and even in tragedy. And even when I felt like I was drowning and, you know, being crushed at the bottom of the ocean. And so it really helped pull me through that and, remain in a healthy mindset, both, you know, physically and spiritually. Um, again, not saying there wasn't dark days, but it just, it really helped me. And I could just link it to, you know, my faith. I could link it to my family and to just every aspect of my life. And it was just such a huge blessing to have that. So I really encourage you guys to kind of think about what you're wanting to get out of this year. You know, what are your fears? What are your hopes? What are your desires? Um, all that kind of stuff and to really think about it and to come up with a theme or a word to help describe what you want to accomplish, where you would like to go in this upcoming year and really live by that. And on the hard days, as well as the good days, you know, just focus on that and have just that pondering and kind of that meditation on that, that idea, that theme to kind of help you through because obviously there's, there's going to be hard days ahead, but there's also going to be good days. And eventually we of course want our good days to outnumber our bad days and we'll get there, but it's a process. And so sometimes having that thing that can kind of help push you through and get you to the next good season um, or good day, right? In the midst of the waves and in the midst of the hardship can be so, so helpful. And, you know, again, the things you could want to see for yourself could be really small things, or it could be bigger things. It could be a combination of both. Um, but just something that can kind of help drive you in that. And so as we enter in this new year, as, um, you know, we approach New Year's Eve here and New Year's Day, obviously, uh, just know that I'm praying for you. My hearts are with you. I know that this can be really scary. It can be really, really hard. Um, it can be very anxiety ridden. It can be a hard, hard day. You know, my encouragement to you as always is just do whatever it is you need to do. If you don't feel like going to the party and you just want to stay home and go to bed early, do that. If you want to, you know, do the Netflix and chill, you do that. If you're like, no, I want to get out. Um, you know, I want to go to the house, do that. But again, you don't have to feel like you have to stay till midnight. You can come and go whenever works best for you, you know, do whatever feels right for you on New Year's Eve at that time. And then again, you know, on New Year's Day and just be gentle with yourself, be gracious with yourself, know that you're going through a lot, that this is a really, really hard journey. And, um, there is a whole team of women that are behind you, that support you, that pray for you, that care about you, that love you. Um, and we're here for you. And so just remember that, remember that you're not alone in your grief and in your pain. Um, and we remember you, we remember your sweet children and we care so much for you. And so as always, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with us. We drop episodes every Friday at 3 a.m. Eastern and 12 a.m. Pacific and time. And so we just, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and rate our show wherever it is you get your podcast, give us a review. It just helps us out and feel free to email us. If you ever want to suggest topics that you would like to hear discussed, or if you want to share your story or just to connect, we love to hear from you. Um, our emails down in the description of each episode, but it's maverickjohn, um, at gmail.com. So we, regularly check that email and we'll be back with you shortly. But again, just thank you for your time. And I pray that this new year 
answers your prayers and your heart's desires um, and gives you all that you stand in need of and know that you're, you know, you're not alone in entering this new phase and my heart is with you. Thanks for being here and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. You're the best, most amazing mamas out there and you are in the worst club with the most amazing people and I'm so sorry you have to be a part of this, but I do hope and pray that you are inspired by other lost moms and that you feel encouraged and lifted up in your journey. Have a great weekend and be gracious to yourself. Thank you.